When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm so excited about today's guest. We have been trading messages back and forth and finally we get to see each other in person. That makes me so, so happy. I'm a big fan of hers and everything she does. Fellow mama, actress, dancer. So, I mean, like, honestly, so many things. Um, it's Heather Morris. She also has a podcast that's like an audio drama with a star-studded cast. I'm so proud of everything that she does and happy to have her here today on this episode of Vulnerable. What's up, girl? Hey! Hey, mama! I know we were trying so hard to get together for this Ye- for a while. <laughs> And I was like, well, I don't have anything to promote. And I finally have something to promote. So I'm so I feel excited. like I may have gone out to you too. Like even when I was doing my like cooking stuff, like, I don't know. You've been on my like list of folks that I've like just really like liked. And it's so funny to me. We were just talking about this, how in casting and somewhat like when you see people on social media, you kind of, you try to intuit like what kind of person they would be, what kind of mm-hmm. connection they would be, your friend or resource or part of your network. And it's not, I don't think it's transactional at all. I just think like you look at a person, you're like, oh, this is what they're about. Yeah. And also though, like some people have a different persona in real life than they do on social media because I definitely, I mean, I'm me through and through and I think you are as well. Yeah. But like Heather Morris, you meet at Blue Bottle or the coffee shop across the street is going to be very different than like who I am on camera to like a stranger. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm. if somebody came up and started talking to me, I'm very to myself and quiet and Mm once I'm on camera or once I know you really well, then I'll be like super loud and talkative, which I think that's just kind of like safety too. It is safety for sure. I think people do need to kind of factor that into that experience because a lot of people, when you're a public person, um, I think they're like, I have rights, like land rights and you're the (laughs) body of territory that I have rights to. Yes. But, but But I do think that, you know, there are some, and also I don't think there's a correlation directly that I know of between outside of getting canceled. (laughs) Okay. And that's usually for a very different reason than not being nice to your fans. Yes. There, we we all know about toxic work environments. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I will say like, I have, I have a formula. Like when I meet a fan, I will always say, hey, nice to meet you. I ask their name because I need to remember their name. I'll say it three times. And I always say thank you for watching the show because it's always so genuine. Mm -hmm. Like I can tell how genuine they are when they come up to me and they really feel, because a lot of fans for myself and for Naya as well, fans of the storyline are genuinely like, you saved my life. And Mm -hmm. so I'm always so grateful because that's who who I get approached by is like Mm -hmm. those people. 
folks in the LGBTQ yes. plus community. Yeah. Okay. So that, I mean, we can speak to that and trust me, like yeah. we've been doing everything we can to kind of understand the parameters of the strike and what, what our feedback was just so I'm transparent with Heather here and um, you guys all listening or watching is that um, we were told that if it comes up in conversation, you can mention that, you know, Heather was in Glee and on the set, like things happened or good and bad, good and bad and whatever. I just think that there are there, we are all trying to be so sensitive right now to that. Well, it's constantly changing too, because my manager, called me like before I <laughs> no, even did all this no. and she was like you can't do anything you can't yeah. talk about it They're and I scared. was like well Jen I I feel like we could so I think there's a fine line too though between supporting the cause and then being censored so like I just want to make sure that like everybody understands that it's a very complex issue that's like you're saying changing every day yeah <laughs> but I'll say Which it I'll take do. the hit glee <laughs> okay they had a they had a storyline yes okay um, with Naya Rivera, mm -hmm. and um, and actually, I feel like a terrible host. Uh, Heather came in and she was super complimentary, and I was like, "Wow, that's so sweet." I just have to learn how to take a compliment better <laughs> because you're such a great host. Oh, like wow. even now in conversation, I'm like, "What are we talking about?" And you're like, "Let me backtrack and go back to what we're talking about," because <laughs> I'll just start talking about a bunch of random things, and I'm like, "Oh wait, ADD kicked in really hard." Oh, it's so true. Yeah. And then like, how? And you know, I'll do like six a day. Um, and it's really lovely, Damn. but like towards, and we're on the third day now of me doing six a day, but you're the first today. Yes. So that's, that's how I'm able to like scale it back. Good morning. And then you have to, to go back. Girl. To your and That's daughter? what I'm trying to say is I'm not a good host because I didn't know that you had two kids. Oh. And that, that makes me not only a bad host, a bad friend. But I don't post about them. And that's probably that why. Well, that's what you said. You were like, well, I've never seen them and we've only been social media friends. That's true. And and it's it's well, but yeah, and now I'm now I'm going to observe that and um but I'm so happy to hear that you're a mama. You have you're a boy mom. Yeah, I'm a boy mom. What's that like? <laughs> I'm a girl mom. <laughs> Are you? Mm -hmm. God, that whole concept is weird to me. The whole boy that's a whole different conversation. Oh, but sure. it's um We can have it. We can have it. <laughs> I don't know. My theory is like for some reason, I think it has to do with like the female testosterone because I was talking about this in a drunk conversation with moms the other night. Mm -hmm. And we, those we are were, fun conversations. It's really, we went to see the, <laughs> the movie about pink and the dolls. Okay. Uh -huh. Right. Barbie. Mm -hmm. um, and they, we were all drinking and yeah. they were like, so fun. We were talking about uh, like our sex drive mm -hmm. and the moms with girls were like, I want to fuck my husband all the time. I have such a big sex drive and he doesn't want to. And wow. I was like, Especially Wait. after seeing the Barbie movie. Schmarby yeah. movie. <laughs> the Schmarby movie. <laughs> I was like, my libido is low. I don't have a large sex drive, which is pretty common for females. And the girl next to me was like, neither do I. I have boys. And I said, well, what if that's correlated? Like, what if... I don't know. This is just me in a weird space no? in my brain thinking, mm -hmm. like, how, does it have to do with testosterone at the time? Interesting. I will I will bust up that. Um, Tell me. Because I do not have a very high sex drive. Okay. Um, however, I could probably link that to sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> let me tell you, I'm sure that like my my drive in general prior to kids and um, I think it got definitely less and less. Uh, and that could be hormonal. You know, like yeah. I'm, I have melasma now and I'm like, what the fuck? Like somebody said melasma. that melasma is like you get patches of dark um, on your on your skin. Oh, um, OK. You can cover them unless they get really bad. But somebody told me. Oh yeah, like that's actually related to your hormones. People get it usually when they're pregnant. When they're pregnant. Right? Yeah. And I was like, 
oh, wow. Like maybe I need to to look into all of that. You can get your hormones tested, right? I, yeah, I got mine tested. How do you? I, fine. I, don't, I, I need to. I went to my gynecologist and I was like, hey. You just get a, a blood draw? A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, my libido's low. Um, like really, really, really low. Mm-hmm. That's like the stage of my life. And yeah, my, was, but mine too. Yeah. I want to make sure that you feel seen because for you're sure, not alone. For sure. I know I'm not alone. <laughs> like, I think it's, it's also just common. like you are a busy person. And I'm not saying that like when you're bored, you're horny, but you are. My sex drive is <laughs> larger in the morning. Like the second I wake up, I'm like, let's go. Let's have fun all day. Mm-hmm. I could dance That's- around the idea until like 3 p.m. And then three o'clock, I'm like, it's time to shut off. I don't want anything to do. With Sweatpants anything. going on. Sweatpants are Tying a on. double knot. I'm laying in a bed <laughs> like a board. I'm Tying that. a double knot. I've seen that. I don't know what movie that was. They were like, no, no, no. Once she puts the sweatpants on, I don't get anything. <laughs> it's done. Um, wow. Okay. So wh- wh- are you in LA? Yeah. Okay. So you, you... I'm like suburb LA. I'm okay. a suburb. Suburb. Lady. Okay. Got it. I was going to say, because like, what is it like being here? I moved to Orange County once we had our, well, actually once we had our first I kind of like had to peace out and go down mm-hmm. the freeway and be like, I need at least an hour. I need to disconnect from life. I think it was. It was a disconnect from just like a lot of bad memories and then like expectations. And um, I just gotten into uh, like creating content. So I really didn't, I didn't know what I was doing per se. So I thought that that like distance was like healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what has it been like for you? Like since... Glee and like in general with all the projects that you do and like the dance stuff, the dance content and also like the dance competitions that you're you're posting about. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Tell everybody. Well, I mean, so since Glee happened, mm-hmm. since that whole era of my life, yeah. um, I mean, I did go back into the auditioning scene and I was trying to make it as an actor, which I still am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love to perform no matter what. And that's yeah. why I got into the podcast that I'm that I'm here for, The Bystanders, mm-hmm. um, just because I love to create and I love to do. And it doesn't necessarily mean like I have to be on camera all the time um, to do that. Yeah. You know, I, I got into writing for the second season of The Bystanders. Um, but I do love to create on TikTok and on Instagram and just like, even if I'm not going to make it, I like to write skits Mm -hmm. on my computer just to feel like that creative outlet. Mm. But for me, like auditioning, I never auditioned for Glee in the first place. Like I never went into the room and said the lines out loud. I was, you know, I'm in acting classes, but I was primarily a dancer. And then one day I was like, I'm going to be an actress now. (laughs) And then... My um, my uh, boss at the time, Zach Woodley, who was the choreographer, mm-hmm. was going to Ryan Murphy because he was working as the choreographer for Fergley. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, I have this assistant. She wants to be an actress. Maybe consider her for the show. Um, and I didn't even go in to read. He just saw me and saw me dance and was like, great, we need somebody to sway in the background. Let's hire her. <laughs> sway in the background. Sway in the background. Maybe <laughs> a, a little heightened of a level. Uh-huh. So I got it that way. And so once Glee was over, I had no audition experience. Fascinating. I had no idea how to be in a room with a casting director being the only one. Like I had definitely been as a dancer where there's like 20 to 50 people in a room auditioning and you stand in the line and they like typecast you um and same with commercials too sometimes you're like in a group with 10 people so auditioning for me was really tough I was so nervous I had a really hard time 
Um, Because I didn't feel like it was the same as being on camera, you know, where you like rehearse it a bunch of times. I felt like I had to go in there and show them what I had right then and there. And I only got one chance. And Mm -hmm. um, so that was challenging. I loved when the pandemic started that I got to audition on tape and be in control. And now, as we all know, it's like it's really getting old yeah and I'm like I actually want to go back into the room and that's fascinating because so you're so even though it was sort of a daunting experience to to come from glee to then sort of like the the empl- unemployment line so mm-hmm. to speak for actors um you had a you had an okay experience in in auditioning it was like you had to learn how to do it but, I had to learn it definitely yeah. got better but mm-hmm. I still I think when I got more comfortable was when maybe like right before the pandemic hit. So I started to do better (laughs) in the room. And I was like, oh, I feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. I was like going to coaches and rehearsing it before. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. the first time I did it in the room, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the pandemic hit and it was like, okay, well, everything's on tape now. So you can kind of be in control. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that, that whole experience of like being not so great at auditioning kind of led me to just like all the outskirts of of creating and and making content for TikTok and Instagram, um, which really kind of just is like very connective, right? Wouldn't you yeah. say? Like, do, do, have you felt like because I've seen you on certain comment um, like comment feeds or whatever of content that I've commented on, and I always love to see you pop up because I was like, I know she doesn't comment a lot, but but have you enjoyed sort of like you know, engaging with your fans and on like the social media. It's I do. I really do. I think it's fun because the fan base that I have now, um, they're genuinely here for me. I'm, I'm guessing you're exactly the same. Like they genuinely like Heather Morris Mm -hmm. and they like what I'm making. Um, and I don't feel threatened anymore because I think for a while I felt threatened because at a certain point, like you probably felt we were very big. Mm-hmm. Like we were the Beatles relevant. big. Yeah, relevant. we were like I was huge. never Beatles big. You were. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like Kim Possible was for sure. Like I'm just the voice, but people still marry me to her because like I was on other things as a face and like those all sort of were all promoing at the same time yeah. or whatever. But yeah, I think I think that that's really weird. Kim Possible I, will always be big though. I, In my hey, mind, Kim Possible so is... Sorry. Not, that's not a promo. She's a character. Is I the love goat. her so much. I can't. Okay. Um, she's my avatar. She's my avatar <laughs> on like our, you know, streaming service that will remain nameless. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. So that's really cool. So what you're saying though is that. Yeah. So for, for that period when we were like Beatles, Beatles big, big <laughs> um, it, they were scary to me because I, like I said, when I first meet a fan, like I, I'm pretty internal and I'm not like. Hey, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. I'm like, oh, hey, well, I so great your to meet you. co-stars probably were all like that, too. Everybody. Was Naya really great like that? It seems like she would have been very... Naya, actually, she would put on her shades and, like, really keep to herself. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think she tried to, like, keep a wall up. Hmm. Um, and then if we were in a scenario where there were fans, that's when it's like, it goes down and you're there to say hi. Mm-hmm. But I think in real life... Um, for a while it's hard because mm-hmm. you're like, well, I just want to be me in the setting that I always was. Mm-hmm. Whereas now the whole setting has changed because I'm now like the face of a show. I was, I was saying like, would you have rather had like an exclusively like focused on dance uh, career like off the jump? Would you have rather just started like that or would you have I not? I did. That's what I thought. Yeah. But I'm saying like in terms of it being Glee or... 
like something that was only exclusively about dance, um, like a dance show, so to speak, rather than be like, because I feel like in Hollywood, we see like the trajectory of like Jenna, right? Duan. Yes. I didn't want to say her last name wrong, but like Jenna, Jenna, I feel like she was very much known as a dancer um, for a really long time. And she just recently started to be able to like judge things. And I think like after her very high profile divorce, like she's come into her own and like she's utilized her social media to show people like I'm still here. I'm sexy. Yeah. I'm dancing. Um, and also too, like, I think like dancers, you guys are inherently like okay with utilizing your body on film. Right. It's like not unclean or like politicized. It's like, this is what I do. Right. I move my body. Yeah. I move it. I move it. I'm like a belly dancer. You don't want to see, you don't want to see me do that. <laughs> I thought it would be great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, if I were to be able to pick and choose, like cherry pick, I think it would have been so helpful to, because I wanted to be an actress from a young age. Okay. Um, I just didn't have the training and I was so hyper-focused on dancing. And then my dad passed away when I was really young. I was 14 and I dove super deep into dance and how it made me feel and it kept me safe and kept me busy. Um, so that then later I just made that my persona as dance mm -hmm. instead of you know being an actress and a dancer and a singer. Um, cause I also did choir when I was young. So all those things kind of melted away and dance like came to the forefront. And so I wanted to be an actress. And then when I came to LA, I was taking classes and like trying to do that whole thing. But so it was actually kind of healing for you to be able to act as act just as much as the dancing part. Yes. For, okay. I find it very interesting. Like the dance mom culture, <laughs> you know, where I'm going with this. <laughs> I do too. It's like fascinating and weird. And did you gross. did you experience that? I know. Really? I did not. I knew maybe like one or two dance moms. Really? Yeah, but my studio did not cultivate the dance mom. Culture. Where, where where did you where did you grow up again? I grew up in Arizona. Okay. It was very competitive, but like moms weren't allowed in the studio. So it was competitive, but the moms weren't like a part of that. Absolutely not. Interesting. I mean, it's a TV show, so obviously they want it heightened. Uh, mm -hmm. As a mom, because I, I, I have two boys and we right. play baseball, like baseball is <gasps> even worse than watching dance moms. Like, I've the parents heard. are nuts. I'm like, this is a show. I want to pitch this. I know for real, right? Pitch, pitch this. I want to pitch this. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I've heard that, that, um, you know, it almost chases people away from the sport because you're yeah. already inherently risking your child's like, you know, they could get injured. They could get head damage, especially yeah. with football. So, and I live in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And so it's, it's one really of the, serious. It's so serious. Like uh, every sport, cheerleading, like all of that is, is right now at six years old. I have a four and a six year old. So it's like right now at six, I'm seeing it start. Well, if you don't start now, it's never going to happen. You know? <laughs> God forbid they don't start dancing yeah, when they're 18 forbid. and then they become a star. <laughs> I have so many friends who started late. I love that accent. <laughs> Thank you, you so much. You need to be doing that accent all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of like accents and affectations and voice and stuff like that, that just brings me in. Look at me. Look at me conversationally. Well, is, is your audio drama, which is what we, we can definitely talk about it. 
Yes. We can talk about that. And you do have a star-studded cast. Yes. Don't you feel cool saying audio drama? Yes. I feel really fascinated like when I say it. It's like a beautiful cellar thing to say. Door. Cellar door is apparently the most beautiful word phrase that you can say. I don't believe that. I don't either. Because <laughs> like, door. like a white mocha scary. for me is is definitely a beautiful that word. That sounds hot. <laughs> Diet Coke. That, that's oh, also that kind just of feels good. good. Not sponsored. By me, <laughs> um, yeah, so our first season was a star-studded cast and and we did that in the pandemic um for the bystander season one it was sending people microphones um and we had uh Kristen Chenoweth who was a favor and Jane Lynch who was a favor and from there on it was like let's just reach out to everybody we know who has semi of a name but for season two we did get a casting director which was huge for us and so exciting because we had an outreach that was even bigger and more entertaining than we could have imagined. Like Who's we had we? people, so um, for uh, as executive producers, which is, includes myself, Jacqueline Hales and Ash Lindsay, who are the creator and writers, mm-hmm. um, Nick Blair Wilfong, and then we have Black Label Media, who did Cesario and La La Land. They came on as um, executive producers for season one, and then season two, we have another executive producer. Her name is Marilee Stafford, who is like our I biggest feel like I've champion. Heard her name. She's incredible. It's, she's name? brand new to the business. Okay, then I haven't heard her name. Yeah, but she <laughs> is just the biggest advocate for like happiness like you meet her and she just exudes joy and that's kind of what you want in in your a hundred percent in your back pocket because it makes you feel good a hundred everything you do it's like oh thank you so much yeah I mean like you you tend to get pretty jaded over time and like I think that's why uh, people fall out of love with certain jobs that they have it cannot just be this industry it's like you know if you're not surrounding yourself with enough of that enjoyment that that joy like you're saying the excitement um you got to move on (laughs) yeah it's very draining it to be that's what we keep telling her we're like listen this could get old really fast Mm -hmm. please don't ever lose what you have Mm because your magic is so palpable Mm -hmm. and you need that every step of the way so now how are you guys recording it now that we're so season two um we we did send microphones out but Mm -hmm. we have wayne knight Mm -hmm. who now that name sounds familiar. Why do I know that? Name? Wayne Knight is in Jurassic Park. He Perfect. plays Newman on. Um, oh my God! Yes, yes, Wayne Knight. Newman. Yes, yes. Newman. <laughs> um, so cool. So cool. He, your casting directors are killing it. Killing it. Um, Schwab and Rodriguez, who worked under um, Rob from Glee, who did okay. Glee as well. That's that is great. But they also were like, I don't know. Anyways, everybody, everybody who made this podcast just fills my heart up to the brim because they. They just work so hard. Um, and I think all around it was such it's a, a team big effort. team effort. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, so Kathleen Turner and Wayne Knight both <laughs> wanted to be in studio. Mm-hmm. And that made our audio engineer very happy. It sounds so good. Um, so moving forward, we'll obviously go into studio. And Darren Chris did it as well. So it was uh-huh. really fun to like sit in that booth and watch... Um, you know, them direct them in their episodes mm-hmm. and then be able to like turn the mic on and be like, hey, it's Heather from the from the from the ether. Will you please do it this way? Um, That's yeah. very different to be di- like directing your friend. Yeah. Like Darren. Right. Are you close? Wait, was it Darren was on Glee? Yes. Was it, I'm like, am I like I, I'm mom brained today. I think you're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm really enjoying it. I will it. stop trying to be insecure now. I will just <laughs> I will try to be confident. You're vulnerable. I'm Christy, so you're I'm vulnerable. the most vulnerable in this in 
in this conversation <laughs> today. Um, but no, but I thought with, like, with Darren, it's like, he, what, what is that like to be like, actually like, no, I'm going to direct my friend. Or is he just like so chill? Oh my God, Darren is the chillest person yeah. in the whole world. He will just hang. Mm-hmm. He's just down to do it, like do whatever. Yeah. Oh, you want it that way? Sure, I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> or if it doesn't make sense to him, he'll be like, I don't really get it, but I'm just going to try it anyways, which is kind of what you want as an actor. Yeah. It's like, if you don't get it, you're just going to do it, and if it works, then it works. And if the director's like, yeah, I liked it the way you did it the first time. You know, it just... <laughs> so, yeah. But we call that assuming the position. Assuming assuming the position. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really? remember them calling it that in um, acting class. Actually, I was in the same acting class school that is Luke Cook, who's in your um, in your who's audio in the dramas. And he's he's also been a friend of the podcast and he's extremely talented. So I, I know like when I saw those names, Kathleen Turner came up. Kathleen and I did a, um, during 2020, we did a, a play reading together, which might as well have been of an audio drama, right? Right. On Zoom. And uh, I remember her telling me, she's like, oh, you're moving to Austin. She's just like, oh, that's my best Catholic daughter. She's like, they drink a lot of whiskey there. <laughs> You're going to like it. It's great. They know how to drink their whiskey. I just was uh, like. She, she is so fun to listen to. Everything that comes out of that woman's everything. mouth. Like. Is iconic. Even if she's mad. I don't even care oh, if she's Oh, I don't want to get her mad. If she's <laughs> mad, I don't even. I'm still mad that she is mad. Yeah. Because it's still funny to watch and listen to everything yeah. that she says. She's a pro. I, I think, you know, she's she a very, like, a pro. old school, right? Like, like, and I also think when you think about, like, old school um, actresses that had to, like, ad, like fiercely advocate for themselves. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I remember working with um, Elaine Stritch. Elaine Stritch passed away a few years ago, I think, now. But she was like, did you ever watch a 30 Rock? She was um, Alec, yes. ba- Alec Baldwin's mother. Oh, my God. And she's like this, like, she's a very, very iconic um, musical theater person and movie person. Somebody who and works all the time. Betty Buckley ended up replacing her, and she's oh. also extremely... And it was just this, like, little, like, off-Broadway show. But Elaine Stritch had this huge tantrum when we were, like, in rehearsals for this off-Broadway, whatever. And... And I just remember being like, this is so fabulous to watch. Not that she's in pain, but that like, this is what it took. This is what it took for people to take you seriously as a female. And all a guy has to say is like, I don't like that or this doesn't work and it's fine. Yeah. And then a girl has to throw a tantrum. Yeah. Why? (sighs) Just listen the first time. But tell me, because I know that you've been, you've, you've spoken out about like toxic work environments and maybe some, you know, whatever's people that you've worked with. Lord Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking like, like what is the difference between somebody who is advocating for themselves and, and then also somebody else who might be serving their ego or like, what is it? Is it mental health issue? What is it? I don't know. I honestly, I, I'm somebody who's all about respect and workplace. And I love to to do my service as a, my job and things. And if there is an issue, it's obviously hard, maybe as a female, but also somebody in the workplace who's a little bit younger um, to speak up in, a, in the right way. And I think when you grow up in the industry and maybe in certain parts of the industry, like you assume that you have the right in any, in any space. You know what I mean? Like whether you're on set, whether it's, on camera, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But I think there is a way to 
direct it in the right way, like in private, having a respectful conversation with people, mm. not in front of an entire crew or not addressing one person in, t in front of a t an entire crew. For me personally, that's how it feels. So you're saying, what I'm hearing you say, is that a person who might not be able to regulate themselves in a, a teamwork environment, such yeah. as being on set with like uh, co-stars and whatnot, is generally dysregulated and they they lack maybe perspective. It's almost like now as a mom, I start to see people so differently in like that mentality of your child isn't giving you a hard time, they're having a hard time. You spoke so beautifully just then. Thank you. The way you said dysregulated, I was can like, we be, wow. Can we be friends all the time, please? <laughs> <laughs> I need you in my life. You're beautiful. Thank you. This is a, entirely accurate. There is it no is. regulation. Yeah. for the teamwork atmosphere. And, and I'm it, all about, I grew up in dance, so like it's I teamwork. have a full team yeah. that I'm working with. Interesting. And then there's like a star or the face of or the number one on the call sheet or number two and they get paid. You know what I mean? There's like, but even if that's the case, the, the, the like, emotional protocols should be the same for everyone, like across the board. I know. And, and that's why, like when we talk about when you're saying like people who are growing up and then sometimes talk about being dysregulated from not having perspective in that work environment, then they go out into the real world. And it's almost like when I talk to my husband about his service in the military and it's like when they go from the military to civilian life, mm -hmm. so many of them are dealing with a very different set of of ideas of who they are and the, <laughs> yeah, the way they associate themselves. And a lot of times they'll tell them that they're better than civilians because they're like, you gave yourself to your nation. And so you are not a civilian, you are something else, you are other. Oh, sure. So then when they're put back and there's really no rehabilitation for them, there's like a two week thing that they go through that's like really just paperwork. It all makes me really sad. That yeah, this yeah. It, it, it's where we, he and I could kind of have intersectionality in mental health. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it was like child actor and veterans. Like, what do they How have do you in go common? live your life after you were a star at however old you were? It's like, it's just the brain. It's, it's like so the weird. brain being like, I was this, now what am I? Mm -hmm. And and so, um, so yeah, I think that if, if, if you, in talking this out with you, I thought you actually brought up a wonderful way of saying that. And that you're like, people aren't having this perspective. They're just going from, you know, one one set to one set or one TV show or one Broadway show. And it's like they think that they can kind of bring themselves the same each time. But it's really you're going from one team to the next team to the next team in yeah. service of that team. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think also we could do a better job of like training production. And that's kind of why I want to get into production and like executive producing because cool. just like learning how to address the atmosphere and also work by the book. You know, there are reasons why we have like, like what's your sign? <laughs> I'm an Aquarius. Oh, I love that. Yeah. This was an Aquarius. I love Aquarius. Yeah. Aquarians. I love unity. Mm. I like, yeah. Um, I, I just think knowing all, and, and then also you're making mistakes as a producer and, and, and having a whole team and, and also trying to serve the creative team, Ash and Jacqueline, who worked so darn hard mm -hmm. and like made a killer on this podcast, just how hard they worked and like endless nights and days of writing and, and producing and notes and like all, all of this. It's like, how do I serve that greater purpose and also be their advocate? And then I'm making mistakes and they're making mistakes. And it's like, 
how do we come together again and then and then be a team and like talk this through and it's like I love that. I love yeah. that we're still still doing that. That's great. You just have leadership skills. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> so then where can everyone find it? So you can listen on, on Apple Podcast mm-hmm. um, and the bystanderspodcast.com. There may be talks of opening it up to everybody. So at, right now, um, we are asking for a subscription for $2, a measly $2, yeah. um, to listen to season two. Season one is still free, and we give you the first episode for free as well of season two. Um, uh, but then, you know, we worked so hard at this for the last couple years, and and we, we, we just ask that, that listeners support and, mm-hmm. you know, give the generosity of the cost of a Diet Coke or... Mm-hmm. A, you know, a snack at the vending machine, whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's $2 mm-hmm. to listen. So it's also them supporting you guys doing this sort of on an independent scale. Right. And that's very timely. Yes. You know, like we, we, I'm seeing that, that people are truly starting to understand like what it is that artists go through and how unsustainable that is. And I'm mean, honestly, a society with our artist is, is truly not. It's crazy. It's uh, it's it's not a society I'd like to be around. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so, what are your goals then? Like right now, I know that you've been doing dance content. Are you are you choreographing? Are you going to those? Mm-hmm. Are you judging? What is what is going yeah, on? Yeah, I do all of that. Oh, I'm a teacher. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm working with students all weekend. I also teach mental health as well mm-hmm. uh, on the convention circuit. Have you ever met? Sorry to interrupt you. No. Have you ever met Sabrina Bryan? She was in the Cheetah Girls. She works. Um, in that world of, I don't of, know her. Oh, I would love you, but guys I to know connect. I know her face. Okay, do you know? Yes, but she's I've never met, she, she's know. on the shorter side. She's absolutely adorable, blonde, blonde lady. Okay, yeah, it's I'll clicked. show you a picture. Um, but she, she teaches. She teaches. She's out in Orange County. Okay, and she um she's just it's wild to me. She's like a cheetah girl, but then she like went back to her dance roots and she like teaches. Amazing. And it must be so great to like. I do teach. love to teach and I love to, you know, do that. But I also just like, I, w- I want to like be told what to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is like, such a privilege to like just show up to set and be like, where's my give mark? Me a, just give me a, a couple lines. <laughs> I'll be a And let me, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I just want somebody to tell me what to do for a bit. I love I'm that. sure I'll get sick of it, but like. Yeah, I just need to not have to come up with ideas <laughs> a, for a little bit. Girl, I, I feel you. <laughs> Are there things that you generally try to tell your kids? Um, like what? what my we, students or my children? Your, I'm sorry, your students. My students. Yeah. In class. Well, dance class is a whole different thing because when, I, when I'm working with them, I'm like a guest. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not their everyday teacher and everyday right. teachers. But like, that means you can also make them. like a really big impact in the moment oh, that you're going to sure. see them, right? For yeah. sure. I always tell them to advocate for themselves. Okay. I always introduce my pronouns um, just to make kids feel safe, even okay. at a young age. Okay. Because we do have, you know, we're in the arts. So we mm-hmm. have an assortment of, of dancers and we need to allow children to feel safe. Well, again, it is a body focused art. Exactly. And so. And that's what we're trained for. It's yeah. Like, making you feel as comfortable as you can in your body in your body amen okay um and yeah just class i mean there's also respect so i'm also like trying not to be the biggest a-hole in the world but i'm like if you're here come on show me you're here like run out and and dance don't just like walk on stage you know we have a lot of kids from the pandemic mm-hmm. who were used to zoom mm-hmm. and so they don't know like urgency or they don't know like the crowd of a room, they mm-hmm. just know their screen. So mm, that's so sad. I talk about like 
um, like it, it just mental health in general. Um, you know, we talk about sleep, hygiene, exercise, intake, and social. And intake is the one I you try and You talk about all of this? All of this. Like when you're a guest? Is yes. that like one afternoon or like Well, we do a, a teacher's class. Okay. So I usually just talk to the parents and oh, I also ask how funny. they like implement mindfulness into their studios. And just asking the teachers and the parents how they do that will just give other teachers and parents ideas to do it in their own studio. We need studio. that for actors. We need that for child actors. We you for should child actors. We need to talk about this. That's oh, wonderful that so you're bad. because talking to the parents about that really makes them start to think mm-hmm. and take like a moral uh, inventory about like, okay, is what is mindfulness? Like I've yeah. never even thought about this, but they're telling me we need to do it. So I guess we got to start thinking that way. It's almost Simple. like it's almost like you have to bring the horse to water and be like, yeah. your kid's not going to book unless you drink. So like, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. I love that you do that. Yeah, it's great. Um, and I always, I, if I get time in the class at the end, I try and like a lot, 15 minutes, to just go over this. And sometimes it's boring for them. They're like, stop talking about this stuff. Some kids really genuinely get involved. But um, like, just to keep yourself in check, especially with your intake. And so I describe like, okay, obviously we know McDonald's Mm -hmm. is not very good for you. You know, when you eat it, that you're going to get tired. Mm -hmm. We, you know, obviously you're aware of that, but there's also intake as far as like social media and TV and like what you're putting in your body. That's also food Mm because your, your brain is a computer. So those are things I just try to talk about. Not (laughs) yet. Not yet. Not yet. The Almost. <laughs> Maybe someday. Unfortunately. Only in the compassible world. Oh my gosh. That's, <laughs> the eyes. That's not, I just remember the eyes being computers. Oh my God, girl. Like, not the reboot that we want. Not the reboot. If Glee did get rebooted, would you do it? Uh, yeah. I think if we had like a kumbaya. <laughs> you know, like if we all sat in a circle and talked about our feelings. Oh, wow. It's like that. Okay. Yeah. I get that. But I mean, still, it's a job. You, yeah. you give me a sheet of paper and you tell me what to do. I'm going to be You're like, I I'm want that. show up. <laughs> tell me what to do. <laughs> tell me what to do. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for yeah. coming. And, you know, please go check out The Bystanders. Season two, star-studded cast. Are Kathleen you not Turner. in it? I am. I okay, play great. the news anchor. She's in it. She's the news anchor. I'm the news that. anchor, Carol. Like that's a good... <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, Lou Cook. I, I mean, you talked about him yeah. already. And you had a conversation with him. Margaret Cho, right? Margaret Cho. Kathleen Tur- motherfucking Turner. And and we have <laughs> Beth Dover and, and Jolo Trulio, yeah. who are a couple in real life. So we had them record their lines together oh. in, in their house. And it was magical. Oh, just the amazing. takes that we have. I wish we could just Wait, release who those. Knows? Uh, Beth Dover. Oh, okay. I was thinking was of Sofia Vergara and who was the guy? Oh, she was just damn. divorced. No, his name's like a Joe Megalano or something. Yeah. The hunky, hunky <laughs> werewolf Joe guy. Yeah, Joe. Joe. I thought that. Oh God, I need more. No, Joe Trulio was on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah, he. Uh, they they came I'm on tuning together. In. I'm tuning into your audio drama. Please this do. sounds so good. It's I've done audio dramas before. I know how much work they are. I was in um that uh, it's actually very popular. They're very very popular. They are popular. People love them. Um, you should do one live at some point. That would be really <gasps> fun. And I want to put my name in the hat if you You're ever coming want. on. Okay, I would love to be a co-anchor with you as a as a news lady, <laughs> and we could have like beef. But we or have drama. to talk like this. Oh, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for coming, Thanks Heather. For having me. Go listen to the bystanders.